Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Come on, that wasn't a shout. Shout a big amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, I love strong men that amen everybody, so... Week one of a brand new relationship series um, every year. It's kind of like kind of like what I told you at Christmas. You know, I keep looking for different ways to tell you the same things year after year. I'd wish we would just do the things, you know what I mean? But, uh, but I do feel like God has given me some fresh revelation for you in this particular series about relationships. And, and this series is for all relationships because all relationships can get better. You haven't arrived yet. Come on, everybody. Everybody's elbowing your husband or your wife or your significant other. You haven't. I know you think you're perfect. You just aren't perfect. You haven't made it yet. Every relationship can get better. As a matter of fact, and and one of the things I get to do as a pastor that I love and I think is is probably uh, one of the benefits, one of the major benefits of belonging to a church family, not just attending, but belonging to a family, are, are the ministry that we provide for your relationships like... Our marriage conference, in just a couple of weeks, we are hosting our very first marriage conference here at City Hills Church, and I am so excited about it, everybody. And let me give you some details about it. It's February the 19th and 20th. It's a Friday night and a Saturday morning. Friday night, Saturday morning, and it's right here in this room. We've actually rented the entire facility again, just like we do on Sundays, and but it will be different because we're streaming we're actually joining in an international marriage conference called the XO marriage conference uh, it is streaming with pastor Jimmy Evans and the marriage today global family it's going to be an amazing time so we'll have world class speakers like Jimmy Evans and and Tim Ross it's just going to be uh, some great teaching for every marriage every marriage can get better say amen to that If you've been married 10 years or 10 months or you're trying to get married this year, come on somebody. Or you're just single and ugly and looking. I mean, (laughs) actually that's not for you. This is for engaged couples and married couples. Engaged couples and married couples. But I I don't care how long you've been married. Everybody can get better. Uh, It's going to be an amazing time. Not only do we have uh, XO that we're streaming, but there's a big date night experience right here in this room. And our team's putting together, I'm telling you, some really, really special events for that Friday night. It's a date night experience. And there's dinner, a world-class dinner included that night. So we'll have dinner. We may have a little dancing. Come on, somebody. If y'all grew up like me, you can't dance in church, but I've been set free. Come on, everybody. (laughs) Hey. Relationship time. It's just going to be an, an amazing event. And then we'll come back Saturday morning. We'll be done by noon. And there's child care information online. You can all, we've actually worked out a, a special rate with our hotel where you can stay the night. If you just get the kids, come on, just send them to grandparents for one night. They're not going to die. They'll eat lactose-free, organic oranges or whatever it is you want them to do. They'll be fine. Just they're going to be okay. Your marriage, you know the best gift you can give your children is a healthy marriage. The best gift you can give your children is a healthy marriage. And so I want to encourage you. Here's the last thing I'll tell you, then I'll go on to, uh, to preaching. And that is, don't let money stop you. Don't let money stop No one in this church, and I mean that, don't let money stop you. We have scholarships available. There, because of the gener- It's not free, but there are generous people in this church who help underwrite ministries like this and scholarship couples that want to come. And I, we, we, will, we have a, uh, our team, no, we have a policy. We don't say no to anybody, to anybody that wants to improve your marriage and your relationship. And that is all of the excuses why you shouldn't come. So everybody ought to be at you. Today, we need to sell out at marriage conference. Say amen to everybody. And then here's the last thing. This really is the last thing. If you don't come to marriage conference, I won't, I won't counsel your marriage for the next 12 months. That's <laughs> I've told my assistant, don't book me anybody. who you Check the registrations first. Because if, if they won't invest in their marriage, I'm not going to. That was a little harder than I meant it to be, but but it's true. Nevertheless, it's true. So come to marriage. Come on, sell out today. We still have room for maybe 
25 or 30 couples, and I would just encourage you. I'd love, love, love for you. To, it's just going to be it's going to be fun. I think we ought to have fun and laugh a little bit together. Come on, we've we've been sad long enough in this season. Let's we just need to grow together and have a good time. All right. So uh, we are we are jumping in this uh, relationship series, and over the course of the next couple of weeks, I'll. Um, uh, we'll preach about all kinds of different relationships, married couples. Brandy will actually join me on the stage, and she, we'll be communicating together uh, one message in this series about uh, not because we have it all figured out, just because we're 20 years in, and we know what not to do. Come on, everybody. <laughs> like uh, You can learn two ways, what, what to do or what not to do, and, and so uh, we can tell you a lot of stuff not to do. And um, so I want to encourage you there. We'll have a message just for single and dating and and, and engaged and living together and it's complicated and I don't know what we are and I don't know if we're still talking and I don't know why and hooking up and all that sort of stuff. We'll get to all of that over the course of the next couple of weeks. And so I, I don't want you to miss a week. There's something for everybody. But I really want to help you with all of your relationships, not just your romantic ones. Because if you're bad at relationships, you'll be bad at all relationships. Like your marriage will suffer and the relationship you have with your the boss will suffer. And the relationship you have with your church family will suffer. And, and the, uh, just it, it, your, your small group, your workplace, the team you serve on, I want you to get better everywhere. Say amen to that. Every friendship can get better. Every marriage can grow deeper. Every relationship can get healthier. Every parent and child relationship can get better. If you want to kill your kids, keep coming back because I want to help you not kill them this year. Say amen to that. And I've got little kids, so I don't have all the answers to how not to kill them. But, I, but we're on the right path, everybody. <laughs> Everything can get better. Today, uh, this weekend, uh, as sort of the, the intro to this series, I always love preaching the first week of every series. I really want to help you change how you approach your relationships. And here's the reason why, if you're taking notes, write this in your notes. If you're not taking notes, write this in your notes. How you see a thing determines how you treat the thing. How you see something determines how you treat something. If, uh, if you go and rent a, a Mustang convertible at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, it's amazing, Patrick, how you drive a car you rented. You know what I mean? You drive it like you stole it. You drive it over every speed bump as fast as you can. You peel out. You, you just take every curve as fast as you can. But when you get in your little Mazda Miata or your little Volvo, you know, your little sensible family car, when you get in that, you, you protect it and drive it like it's going to fall apart and I just got to take really good care of it. But when I rent it, I view it as, well, that's not really mine. I don't have to take as good care of it. Are you with me, everybody? How you view, how you see a thing determines how you treat the thing. And how you see relationships determines how you treat relationships. You can't treat it right if you see it wrong. You can't treat it right if you see it wrong. Now, I'm going to say some things in the very beginning of this message that I prayed about probably more than I prayed about the rest of the message. And so I'm just, I'm warning you for the next 10 minutes to buckle up at church online and in the room because I just have to say some hard things to you. Are you ready for it? Can you handle it? I'm going to say it either way. 2020 has proven hard on our relationships. Every single relationship has been tested in this past 15 months. From relationships in our homes because we're all stuck together and they told us not to leave our homes for days and months and weeks on end and we are quickly approaching 365 days to flatten the curve. I mean, it's we're, we're getting very close to a full year of I'm, I'm in this house with you together. But listen, we've dealt with more than just that. It's been a year of racial tension. And things that have laid beneath the surface in, in our country for probably decades, maybe centuries, sort of have a, a fever pitch where they reach to the top of the surface and we had to deal with it. Political division, like maybe we haven't seen in a whole generation. My candidate, your candidate, and, 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 and sort of the stuff that was laying underneath and everybody ran to their corners and, and it created this tension in relationships. Are you still there? Isolation and, and phrases like social distancing, which, you know, I don't use that phrase. Matter of fact, I think it's 
demonic. I don't even think it, I, don't, I don't even think it's a godly way to view what we have to do. Physical distancing is right. You don't need to get in somebody's face today. And you don't need to breathe all over them. But you don't need to be socially distanced. Because you were created by God to be socially connected. Say amen to that. And then we returned to work from home. So now my home has been not just the place I live with my wife. But I got to work there. And work used to be the place I got to go to get away from my wife. Oh, just me? And now you're always there. Are you with me, everybody? You're always there. Not just you're always there, but, oh my God, you're always here. You're always here. Why aren't you leaving and going somewhere? Well, nothing's open, baby. I can't leave. I'm trying to leave. And And not only are they there in the house with you, but now we're distance learning. Now those little tax deductions are always there. (laughs) Always there. And we are stuck together. And I can't get away from you fast enough. Come on, parents, where are you at on that? We'll do anything. I'll dress you up in a hazmat suit and send your little tail back to teachers to deal with you for a few hours. Is it just me? We're stuck together. (laughs) Teachers, we're stuck together. We're stuck together. We're stuck together. There's so much about this season. And there's only two kinds of responses. I really haven't heard an in-between. There's only been two kinds of responses, and I've heard them both, and I bet there's both responses in the room today or at church online today. The first one is, oh my gosh, we have loved, loved, loved this year. It's just been amazing. We painted the whole house. We built toy train sets for the kids. We planted raised gardens. We're living our best life, eating organic cucumbers from the backyard. I never want to leave the house again. You know who I'm talking about. You know, I'm t- just the other day, Brandy and I were with someone. Y'all wouldn't know them. And, and, the, and, and they said, how, how, how are you? Brandy asked, how are you making it through this year? And, and, and this person said, it's been the best year of my life. I've just, uh, I've loved just being, you know, just, and, and, and then I wanted to punch them in the throat. <laughs> so there's those people. I've loved it. We've grown closer. We've, we've developed new, new rhythms and habits, and, and we've just enjoyed it. And I love being together, and we put together puzzles. These people are puzzle people. Now you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Now you know who I'm talking about. The other group of people is, if I have to spend one more day with you, I'm literally going to go to prison. I'm going to catch a charge because I will, I mean literally kill you. I'm literally going to kill you if I spend one more day in this house. And there is no in-between. I've never met someone in this last 15 months who said, eh, it's been okay. Everyone says, I've loved it or I'm going slam crazy. Are you with me, everybody? We're stuck together. We've been, we've been stuck together in this. There is no in-between. And everybody needs help right now. I don't want to be controversial. Here's the part. Are you buckled in? Look at me in my eyes. But we are in a culture war right now. And I believe we are in a spiritual war right now. And I don't want to debate whether or not the devil started it or not. But I do know this much about the devil. He will never waste a war. Let me say it better this way. The devil will never, it may not be that he brought crisis into your life, but he'll always use the crisis in your life. So I don't know if the devil caused COVID-19, but I do know the devil preempted it and used it against us. You ready? I told you it's going to be hard. So here's what we've said over the last 15 months. Because I think there's a demonic force who's manipulated this thing And we've spent 11, 12 months telling people that other people are the enemy. We've spent 11 months telling you, be scared of other people. Be fearful of other people. They may have a contagion that could kill you. Are you still with me? 
Now just watch what I'm telling you. I'm not telling you none of that's, I'm not telling you that it's not real. I'm not telling you that it's not dangerous for some people. I'm just showing you how the devil has twisted something that was already a crisis and now convinced you that the very thing God created you for, other people, are the problem. Now watch how the devil works. Don't get close to people because they're the problem. They've got a disease that could get you. They're dangerous than you. Stay away from them. Not just six feet. Stay away, away from them. Just watch what the devil does. And all of that's right. And there's, there's some value to it. Again, I'm not minimizing this. I'm just showing you the devil said, if, if that's what I can get you to do, and then I can get you. Here's the, this is going to get tough. Oh, Jesus, should I do it? Then, then the devil said, I'll cover your whole face up so you become an emotionless, masked up, just empty eyeballs. So you can talk to people any way you want, treat people any way you want. You don't have to smile at anybody. You don't have to acknowledge anybody. You don't have to talk to anybody because people are the problem. I just want you to see how the devil used what we've been through. So we wonder why relationships are struggling. We wonder why divorce is on the rise. We wonder why more people committed suicide in June in Japan than died of COVID-19 the entire year in Japan. It's a fact. More people committed suicide in one month in Japan than died of COVID-19 in the entire year of 2020 in Japan. Why? Because people were the problem. And they were isolated and alone. And, and we've been told, don't, don't get around anybody. And we've been given this lie from hell that your brother and your sister and your neighbor and your wife and your husband and your church and your schoolmate, they're the problem. So don't be around people. Now, I'm, again, I'm not telling you go have a bunch of parties and get a bunch of people together. I'm not telling you to walk around unmasked. I'm not telling you to be unsafe. I'm not telling you it's not real. I'm just telling you the devil will use it to divide and conquer us in this season. And he's doing a pretty good job at dividing and conquering some people. Because of division. But because of relationships. We've all been stuck together and it's wearing, it's wearing thin. Our intimacy with each other. Our compassion for each other. Our respect for one another. Are you still with me? And it's wearing thin our unity. Write that in your notes. I didn't put it on the screen. But unity is the word of the day. It's wearing thin our unity. Because people are the problem we've been told. People are the re- You can't get around people because people are bad. Again, don't, I, please don't, don't misunderstand. I'm just telling you. The devil's preempted it to convince you. You, as a matter of fact, they even have a hashtag. I think it's, it's the silliest, stupidest thing. Hashtag alone together. Y'all help, I'm from Arkansas. Y'all help me. I've never been alone <laughs> together. It's together together. And we've been too alone. And it's not good for us. And I'm not telling you to be unsafe. And church online, I'm not telling you to compromise. If you've got a health issue, and there's a compromising reason why you need to be alone. But I am telling you, don't you dare allow the devil to tell you that you don't need anyone. And alone is the best place. And you can do, you, you, you can do whatever you need to do by yourself. I, I'll, say it, I'll say it this way. This is the last thing I'll say controversial, then I'll preach really nice. Are you ready? The biggest health crisis facing America right now is not COVID-19. The biggest health crisis facing America is loneliness. It's loneliness. It's loneliness. It's why alcoholism is on the rise. It's why there have been more prescriptions written for anxiety and depression medicine in 2020 than the previous decade. More, more young people, I'm just giving you facts. I mean, these are things you can go just, more young people under the age of 24 are on antidepressants and anxiety medication since 2020 than at any other time in human history. Why? Because we're alone. And, and we weren't created to be isolated. 
And we weren't created to be alone. And here's what we know. Listen, here's what we know. Write this in your notes. That real life change happens in the context of relationships. That real life change happens in the context of relationships. God has the answer for you. God wants your relationships to be whole and to be thriving and to be on purpose and to be moving forward. Say amen to that. And when we talk about relationships and marriages and dating and friendships, you got to see them as a partnership because everything that happens in this relationship will affect my life for the good or for the bad. Are you there? Everything about who I'm connected to is important to where my life goes. It's, it's all tied together. I'm not just saying I do to the vows that I made to you. I'm saying I do to living with you. Waking up next to you. Smelling your breath in the morning. I'm saying I do to everything. I do to your bad credit score. I do to all of your student debt. Are you with me everybody? I'm saying I do to everything. It matters who you're with. Relationships are partnerships for the good or for the bad. It matters who you're in relationship with. It can propel you. It can promote you. It can help you or it can hold you back. It can stop you. It can slow you down. It can drag your spiritual life down. And it can destroy your potential. Say amen to that. Relationships are partnerships. And it matters who you're in relationships with. If you get friendships right... And you get relationships right, you can set up your life for success in every area of your life. But if you get them wrong, you can set up yourself for more pain and destruction than you could ever possibly imagine. I know it's an old adage. I know it's old, but write this down. There's something about old adage. There's just something about cliches that there's some truth to it. If you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. If you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show me the people you hang around. Show me the people you spend time with. Show me the people in your, in your circle. If their marriages are struggling, yours is going to struggle. If they're in debt and don't mind being in debt and spend money they don't have, you're going to struggle financially. If they're negative and gossiping and talking bad, you're going to net negative and gossip and talk bad. If they're life-giving, if they're encouraging, if they're spiritual, you're going to be life-giving and encouraging and spiritual. If you show me your friends, I'll show you the future you're going to have. It matters who I'm in relationship with. Say amen to that. It matters who I'm in relationship with. Any success I have in my life, I'll be honest with you, any success I have, I have not just because of my own ability or Brandy's ability. It has because of the relationships in my life. Because of the people I've surrounded myself with. One of it is my wife. Second greatest decision you make in your life after following Jesus is who you marry. So I got a partner that encourages me and listens and, and lifts me and does ministry with me and cries with me and prays with me. And when I left the house this morning at 4.30 to come to set up, she took care of the kids and she got them dressed and she, came, she takes care of me. We do this together. It matters who you marry. It matters who you marry. <laughs> she doesn't tell me, why do you spend so much time at the church? Why do you go up there all the time? Why do you do all that all the time? No. If she did, I couldn't do what God's called me to do. Because it matters the relationship that I'm in. If you show me the people in your life, I'll show you what happens to your future. When you're all alone, listen close. When the devil can convince you that loneliness and being alone and isolation is your way, and it's okay, and you don't really need relationships, you don't really need people, and people are the problem. When you can do that, all of your decisions just affect you. You can self-destruct all alone. But when you're in relationship with people, you're, you you, you got to realize their decisions affect you, and your decisions affect them. And now my life is moving in the direction of the people that are closest to me. So we're either succeeding together or we're failing together. We're either growing together or we're declining together. We're either more spiritual together or we're more carnal together. Are you awake today? It matters who I'm in relationship with. And God made it this way. He made a piece of your life, listen, such that you cannot do everything God's called you to do alone. You, it's impossible to fulfill the plan of God for your life alone. 
impossible. 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 When, when God tells Moses, I want, to, I want you to give the children of Israel the plan to leave Egypt. He tells, he tells Moses four things. He gives more, Moses four promises. Actually, Orthodox Jews call them the I will statements. It's actually, we built our whole church around these particular statements. God says, I will. I will, I, I will set you free. I, I, will, I will take you out of Egypt. And then I will free you from being slaves to them. And then I will redeem you with mighty hand and with an outstretched arm. And then after three I wills that have to do with you, then the fourth I will, God said, I'll take you as my own people. I will do something to you. I will do something for you. I will do something for you. But if you really want to know my biggest plan, it's to do something together. It's that you're the people of God. It's that you're the family of God. They're not called the child of Abraham. They're called the children of. It's the people of God together. It's people together. It's the right relationships. And God wants your relationships to be supportive and full of joy and encouraging and life-giving. God doesn't want you to be in the wrong relationships and he doesn't want you to be alone. Shout amen to that. I think I hurt your feelings earlier. Let me go ahead and apologize. Let me pre-apologize for all of the emails you're drafting in your head. If you have a problem with it, you can email. My email directly is aubrey at cityhills.com. Go all the way back to the book of Genesis in the beginning. God looks around and he says to everything he made, it's all good. You know what I mean? God says to everything, this is good. Trees, this is good. Plants, this is not herbs. I know what plants some of y'all thinking about. <laughs> this is good. This is good. I like, this is good. He's, he looks around to birds. This is good. I like birds. He, he, look, he looks around to stars. This is good. It's good, he said. He looks at the Pacific Ocean, specifically right around San Diego, and says, this is real good right here. This is good, 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 good right here. He looks at dogs, and he says, this is good. He looks at cats, and anyway. When he compared the devil to a cat, that's all you need to know in the Bible. That's all you need to know. He said, he said the enemy uh, like a roaring lion. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Everything's good in Genesis till it gets to the second chapter. And the first thing that God said wasn't good, listen to me, isn't sin. And the first thing about you that's not good isn't sin. The first thing that God said wasn't good about Adam was loneliness. And the first thing that's wrong with you is not the sin you're in. It's the sin you're in all alone. It's not having somebody in your life who can help you, encourage you, strengthen you, pull you out of it, lift you up out of that sin. But look at it. Genesis 2.18, Adam is there. And the Lord God said, Genesis 2.18, it is not good, there it is, for man to be alone. The first thing God said isn't good is loneliness. And more than ever, we are more, uh, more isolated than ever, more set apart than ever. And we have this illusion of connection with other people because of the digital explosion. Listen, if I get on one more Zoom call, I'm going to pull what remaining hair I have out of my head. We, I am Zoomed. I have Zoomed all the way to the moon and back. Come on, somebody. I am Zoomed. I have FaceTimed. I like phone calls. I don't have to see you. And I can call you without being presentable. But if you FaceTime me or Zoom, at least from my waist up, I have to act like I got dressed today. Y'all know what I'm saying. Come on. It's business on the top, party on the bottom. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> And we have this digital overload, virtual school and virtual meetings. And we're convincing ourselves that we're staying connected. But we're more isolated than we've ever been. I read recently the American Sociological Review said this about 2020. The average American in 2020 has only two close friends. The average American only has two close friends and 25% of all Americans report having zero close confidants, relationships, friends. 
And we tell ourselves, but I got all these Facebook friends. And I got all these followers on Instagram. And they love me. They really, I'm big in Japan. I'm pretty popular. I mean, I'm kind of a big deal, you know? They love me. I mean, I got thousands of people who are trying to get. I read something. I read, I read a Facebook version of the Bible. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry to even do this to you. But look, if, if Facebook wrote a version of the Bible, this would be it. Proverbs 17 and 17 in the Facebook version of the Bible. It says, a friend is someone you may or may not know very well who accepts your friend request on Facebook. And this person is born just to like and comment on your post so that you feel good about yourself. Now, thankfully, Facebook hasn't translated the Bible yet. I'm not telling you they're not attempting. I'm just telling you yet. Here, that, that's, not, that's not what it says. It actually says in Proverbs 17 that a friend loves at all times. And a brother, everybody shout a brother. Shout a brother. Shout a brother. Not a Zoom call. Not a FaceTime. Not a digital connection. But a partnership is born for 2020. If you want to get through the seasons of adversity in your life, I'm preaching to you now. If you want to pull yourselves up out of the depression you've been in for the last 11, 12 months. If you want to climb your way out of the addiction to pornography you've been in for the last 20 years. If you want to finally uproot the bitterness because of what your mama and daddy did to you when you were a child. A brother was born for a season of adversity. You were created by God to get healed with people. Look into my eyes. I got I to preach this to you because the world's preaching something else for the last 12 months. In the back of the room, look into my eyes. Justin, look into my eyes. You're my brother. You know why I called him out? Because he was here at 4.30 this morning. Same way he's been for the last five years. Setting up this church. You know why? Because you're my brother. We were born to be together. We were born to do life together. To confess our sins to each other. To pray for one another. To encourage one another. To lift one another. You're not the enemy. Look at me. We may be different. But that doesn't mean you're wrong. We may not see eye to eye, but you're not the problem. I can put a mask on and get six feet away from you, but I cannot be separated from you because people are the answer to the adversity in your life. People are the answer to the problems in your life. You say, where's it at? I'll show you in a moment. Let me give you, let me give you why. Relationships are declining. Just three quick things. I think the reason why relationships are declining, i got to hurry. The, the clock's ticking down. This is why real deep relationships are declining. Number one, we're working so much, increasing work hours. Most studies say in 2020, because we're working at home, we're more productive, but we're working more hours on average, 25% more. Have you found that to be true? You feel like you just can't get away from it. You just feel, I'm working more. And, and so the more work I do, the more uh, uh, less opportunity I have to connect with real people. We have rising divorce rates. Why do you think that is? Because we're stuck together. Because <laughs> we're stuck together. And real relationships are declining. And then the last one is the explosion of social media. And we've seen this in this political season maybe like no other. And you got to acknowledge, listen, we all have to acknowledge that that social media has redefined what it means to have a friend. But before Facebook and Twitter, and Jonathan's come to play me off the stage, before Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, no one called their friends, Jeremy, and invited them to breakfast just so they could take pictures of the food and post it for other people. We went to Mary's Tacos because we loved good food. And if you don't like Mary's tacos, in a moment, the altar call will happen. <laughs> and you can repent. But we've convinced ourselves, these are my friends. These are my friends. These are my friends. I have more followers. I have more likes. I have more Facebook friends. But I feel more alone than I ever have. Listen to me. 
We are obsessed. We live in a generation obsessed with controlling perception. Let that sink into you. We live in a generation obsessed with controlling perception. We even call them filters so that no one knows the real you. And we have this illusion of intimacy. And, and before I preach about marriage and dating and sex and love and, and rock and roll and all that stuff we're getting to this month, I got to get you thinking right about relationships. I, I, I got to get you thinking that the person you're sitting next to is not the enemy. That the contagion that's running rampant in America today is loneliness, not some virus. The virus you need to be most scared of. You, you, you need to take all precautions. Don't let me minimize it. Don't, 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 don't be silly. Don't misunderstand anything I'm telling you. It's serious and take it seriously. But people are not the problem. People are not the enemy. And I know you're telling yourself, I'm good. I'm, I'm still connected. Solomon addressed this issue of being alone. Solomon tells a story about the first social distancing experiment. Ecclesiastes 4, he says it like this. I'll just read it to you. This is the way Solomon describes it. There was a man who was all alone. He didn't have anybody near him, son or brother. That's the Bible's way of telling you. No, no family, no friends, nobody around. And he worked himself crazy. There was no end to his toil. Does it sound like where you are? Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. It's just never enough. And then he asked himself one day, the question I want you to ask yourself today, who, who is this all for anyway? For whom am I toiling, he said. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? And then Solomon answers the question about the man who's alone. And he says it like this, two are better than one. If I could tell you something, I, I got to get into your spirit in 2021. It's the two are better than one. It's the two are better than one. It's that you weren't meant to be alone. You weren't meant to fight what you're fighting alone. You weren't meant to pray alone. Two are better than one. Because when they work together, they have a good return for their labor. And if either of them falls down and look in my eyes, you will. Then one can help the other up. But pity anyone. While I was studying, all I could hear is Mr. T in my head. Eric say, pity the fool. <laughs> Anyways, that's how I think. Pity anyone. Who falls down and who spent the last 11 months alone and they didn't have anybody to help them up also if two lie down together they'll keep warm by the way that's for people that are married FYI <laughs> don't be lying down talking about we're just cold <laughs> I love this you got to read, I, I know I'm, I'm being funny, but you, you got to read deeper. Because here's what it says. How can one keep warm alone? God, I want to ask the whole of America this question. How can one keep warm alone? How can you really be spiritual alone? How can you keep the fire burning on the inside alone? How can you keep passion alive alone? How can you keep fasting and spiritual disciplines and Bible reading alive, alone? How can you keep prayer, constant, consistent prayer alive, alone? How can you keep the warmth of serving alone? This morning at 4.30, I, I singled out Justin. There's about 25 people here at 4.30 this morning. Setting up everything you see so you could enjoy church today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty incredible when you think about it. It's pretty incredible, the dream team, when you think about it, honestly. But listen, one couldn't do it. One couldn't create all this. I couldn't do all that. Most days I, I sit on the front row and look around and think, I, how did this happen, Scott? How did this happen? 
I know me. Well, I know I'm not smart enough. I know I don't have enough skills, enough anointing. But I know Aubrey does, Justin does, Brody does. I know, I know that I know Stu does. I know Nancy does. I know they were here this morning. I know they do. I know Julian was here at 4:30 this morning. I, I know they, man, they together. Oh, we can, we can, we're unstoppable. And then it said, though one may be overpowered, I'm still reading to you. Two can defend themselves. And listen, there will come a season when you feel overpowered. And you need someone to defend you. And then he said, a cord of three is not quickly broken. Before I teach you anything else about relationships, I had to lay the framework that you were created to be with others. That the enemy has co-opted what was already a crisis and made it more critical because he isolated you. And now the depression that you've been facing, you've been facing alone. And the devil is laughing his head off at us for believing we can be alone. And the devil is taking enjoyment and you blaming your neighbor. They're the problem. You're the problem. You're the problem. You voted wrong. You're the wrong color. You're, you come from the wrong side of the tracks. You're, you're the wrong political persuasion. You're the enemy. You're the problem. And the whole time the devil's sitting back and watching us destroy ourselves when we were meant to be together. So how do I do it? Let me give you application. I got to go. You know they're playing the sad music. That's the cue. Number one, write this down right quickly. Just be present. I used to think Brandy would tell you. I used to preach. I preached some silly stuff early in my ministry. I still do sometimes, but I was really, I had to repent a lot about stuff I said. I just didn't know what I was saying. Scott, I used to say, you don't get points for just showing up, but listen to me. I think you do get points for just showing up. I think there's something about just showing up, just being present, just saying, I'm here, I'm, I'm present. Jesus didn't say, here, read this book. Jesus said, hey, come follow me. Just be present. Walk with me. I want to develop right relationships, face to face, not thumbs to thumbs. Right relationships. That's why the writer of Hebrews said, let's think of ways. Hey, church. Hey, City Hills. Hey, small group leaders. Hey, family. Let's think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Hey, hey, City Hills. Hey, hey, Christians. Hey, hey everybody. Let's not neglect our meeting together. Let's don't neglect our meeting because some people are doing this. And they're isolating themselves. And the devil is using it to destroy them. But not us. Let's encourage one another to keep getting together. You can be distant and together. You you can wear a mask and together. Let's encourage one another because Jesus is... That's what the writer said. Especially this year. Because he's coming soon. And we need each other. Be present. How do I be present? Write this down. Super simple. I'm going to give you a simple application today. Join a group today. Join a team today. Today we launch a new semester of small groups. They're 10 weeks long. There's something for everybody. Matter of fact, because I have the microphone, I get to tell you about mine. (laughs) Wednesday mornings at 7 o'clock, I want every man in the church in my small group. I, I, I think we need to raise an army of strong, godly, praying, fasting, Bible reading, worshiping, living on purpose, life-giving men. Come on, manly men. We may even grow our beards out together. I'm kidding. 
Meet, meet me there in the mornings. What, 30, 40, 50, 100 of you. Let's grow together. Why? Because men need each other. We need each. Join a group today. There's dozens of groups right outside. When you open these doors, dozens of groups and group leaders. Something for everybody. Something for people who want to get active. Something for people. And, and we'll give you everything. We actually have sermon notes. Our leaders get tonight my notes. They'll have access to them tonight. And anytime you meet in a small group this week, you'll have my notes where you can discuss and talk and pray and think. And we're doing everything we can. Just get together. Share a meal. Get in a group. Get on a team. Today is step one of the growth track, right after church, right after service. Our team's outside. They got a big sign that says, follow me to growth track. Growth track happens right outside in the lobby there. Growth track is our easy on-ramp for you to get on a team. And listen to me. Look into my eyes. It's not because we need you to do work. We did it all today without you. It's not because we need you on a team. It's because you need you on a team. You need people. You need people. You need people. Get pre- be, be, be present. I got to pray. Number two, be open. Be open. Be present and get open. Over the course of the next 10 weeks, over the course of your serve on your team, at some point, I want you to take the mask off, proverbially, not, not literally. I want you to... I want you to what, one writer once said, we impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people through our weaknesses. I want you to show your weakness. I want you to share your weakness to a group. You may not know how to do it one-on-one with a counselor, but it may be over breakfast. A bunch of guys, six or seven or eight weeks in, you finally pull somebody to the side in the parking lot and say, hey, we're sleeping in separate beds and I got to get some help. Hey, I'm drinking more than I should. I got to get some help. It could just be a mom who says, I'm at my wit's end. And I know we're just walking our dogs together, but i got to get some help. I'm I'm desperate for you not to get lost in this season. My heart's literally broken for you not to lose faith in this season. I'm counseling too many marriages, Aubrey. I'm, I'm, I'm... talking to too many depressed 20-year-olds, talking to too many suicidal teenagers. You're not meant to be alone. You need people. You need a church. Church is essential not because I, I, it's about full rooms. This is not, that's not what it's about. It's because church is a family. And it's a place where when the music's loud, you can just raise your hands and get open with God. That's why James 5 and 16 says, Confess your sins to each other. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. That you may be healed. Bow your heads and close your eyes. That you may be healed. God, I know I said some stuff that a little tough in this season, but I'm asking you to translate it. My heart shows that it's just we can't be alone. People are hurting. People in this room are hurting alone. People have had to bury their loved ones alone. It's not right. We sh- no one should ever stand at a graveside alone. No one should ever have to drop a loved one off at the emergency room alone. It's not right. It's not right. We're supposed to be together. God, let this church get together. God, let something start today that's more than Sunday mornings. The room's filling up. We'll add a service. We'll add another service. We'll do everything we can to make room. But but really, I want them to find smaller groups and smaller teams and rooms together where they get honest with one another. Where they confess their sins and pray for one another so that healing comes. 
pray for married couples, every married couple in the room, every married couple at church online to come to marriage conference. Not because we need to fill the room. We got plenty. We've already paid for it. It's not about that. It's got nothing to do with that. It's because I want you to stay together. And I want you to be healed. I want you to give up. Your kids need mom and dad together. I want you to be healed. I want you to confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you may be healed. I want moms to stay healed. I don't want you to get so addicted to wine every night that it's the only way you can cope. I want you to get healed. I don't want you men to have to take sleeping pills because the stress of the mortgage and the car payments are so much that if you don't sell something else this month, it's just uh, you don't know how it's going to all stay. To, I want you to be healed. You need people to be healed. I want single adults to not give up, give in, sleep with anybody, compromise anything just to feel accepted. I want you to be healed. And we're healed together. We're stuck together and we're healed together. If this message is for you, if you need healing in any relationship, very quickly, we got to go. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. We need it. Could be a couple, could be hands up literally all over the house. Could be a single adult, could be relationships, could be in your own life. Anybody, everywhere, hands up all over the place, church online. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for healing. I pray let it begin today that relationships begin to come together. I pray for a moratorium on giving up. I pray for a four or five week stop on giving up. Just give me a couple of more weeks. Just give, just give a small group semester a few, a few months. Just, just give us a year on the dream team. Just take some time and don't give up yet. Get together. Get together. Be together so you can be healed. I pray against suicide and depression. I pray against anxiety that's overwhelming. I pray against isolation and loneliness of a mom who's homeschooling and feels like she never has an adult conversation. Let, let, let some other mom reach out today and just say, hey, join my group, join my team, be, be with me. Let's get together and be healed. I pray for some man who's working himself crazy trying to keep it all together because he lost so much in 2020. Just get together and be healed today. Father, I pray for healing to begin with me, with us. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout a big amen. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.